Christmas, Christmas, come check out my wish list. Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business. I just want some good toys. Can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, 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 Christmas. Come check out my wish list. Have I been a good boy? That's none of your business. I just want some good toys. Can I get a witness? Got all of my homies yelling Christmas, Christmas. Okay, hey guys, and welcome to Consume, podcast by me, Burton Olivier, where I talk about all the things I consume, with the main framework being my Watch a Movie Every Day Challenge for 2021, and it's also like my daily diary. Uh, today is Wednesday, which is weird. Usually I start these on Friday. This is the beginning of our giant-sized first episode, uh, Christmas Chronicles, Christmas movie, the Christmas movie Chronicles episode. <laughs> uh, today's December 1st, and so for the next 25 days, I'll be watching at least one Christmas movie a day. But before we get into movies, I'll talk about my day, because today, today's like a pretty big day, I guess, for me personally. Today's the first day I fucking uh, hung out with anyone, really, like truly hung out with someone since COVID started, because you know, I've been uh, a victim of the real virus fear, <laughs> uh, this whole time. I just felt real uncomfortable going out or doing anything. I still didn't go out, but my, uh, friend Ellen is in town because, uh, she's working at, like, Comic-Con this weekend. And now that we're, me and Dexter both have had our booster shots and she's fully vaccinated. She has, she's getting her booster while she's here and she just had to do a COVID test to even get into, uh, the country because she's been staying in Mexico. So when, picked her up from a hotel and then we actually came and hung out in my apartment without masks and talked for hours uh then later my other friend elaine came over uh and it was nice it was a it was a good time it was nice to like talk to people <laughs> uh in real life i don't know i'm still kind of like i wanted to say buzzing from it but that's not entirely accurate i don't know it was just i'm glad i did it i feel like it's something i've been needing to do to like break that seal uh and try to like take a little step towards normal. I'm glad I was with uh, Elaine and Ellen. I miss them. And it was also nice that I was hung out with them on December first because they're like my like Christmas friends. We would, like decorate stuff. We used to like decorate the trees together and like watch Christmas movies together and be really excited about it. Um, still, like I felt kind of nervous and awkward. I felt, definitely felt like out of practice and <laughs> uh, being social. Um, but thankfully, there are two people who made it feel very comfortable. Anyways, I feel like I have more to say about my mental state and the whole thing, but I kind of it's two forty a.m. and I'm drawing a blank, so I should probably get into the movies. So our movie. So it's the beginning of our Christmas movie chronicles and. I don't know. If you can't tell, I love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. It's something, it's just nice that like, as a culture throughout history, I guess mostly European cultures, I don't know enough about winter celebrations and other cultures, but like, during like the coldest and like bleakest parts of the month, we have always like created holidays and that are like meant to bring joy to us and like bring us together. Uh, I really enjoy that. Uh, now I was never, I wasn't always like a big Christmas person. I didn't like super get into it until like after I moved out, uh, from like living with my mom and like the first year that I, like I had to make Christmas happen, you know, cause nobody else in my apartment that I was living with at the time, like they weren't going to go buy a tree. They weren't going to get decorations or anything. So like I had to do it and I don't know, it's just really nice to like make that joy happen. And so with these uh, Christmas movies, like I've seen most of the classics this year, though, I want to focus on finding like 
seeing if I can find any like gems in like the trash Christmas movies, you know, like the rom-coms and the like direct-to-video shit. So I'm going to try and focus on that and like any other weird Christmas movies I can find. Um, and today's movie, we're off to a great start with that. Well, I watched, uh, uh, Christmas Twister from 2012. It was on Tubi. Uh, and this movie's bad. Granted, me and, me and Ellen watched it, uh, and we were hardly paying attention and talking over most of it, but I, like, paid just enough attention to, like, get the gist of what was happening, which was honestly more respect than it even deserved. This movie (laughs) wasn't, uh, if you can't get from the title, it's about tornadoes, and it takes place around Christmas. So it's, like, it's, like, a family in Texas. The dad is, like, a weather like meteorologist or whatever and his wife works at a news station and he's the dad's all worried because he's working with new models adjusted for global warming where he says like like the temperature has gone up like five degrees uh which is like a lot like i think climate scientists are like worried about us getting to like a one degree change or like a two degree change so five degrees like would be real fucked up (laughs) if this actually happened but because he's working with these new models adjusted for global warming he sees this perfect the situation for like the perfect tornado to happen but the uh weatherman at the news station where his wife works he's working with the old models but he's insists that they're fine and that global warming is not a big deal uh so he refuses to issue a warning over the TV that people should hunker down and prepare for tornadoes because he doesn't want to be a Scrooge and ruin people's Christmas because this is on like Christmas Eve or some shit. And then the whole like most of the movie is just <laughs> our main guy played by Casper Van Dyne, Dean, however the fuck you say this dude's name, uh, kind of driving around from place to place, like following the tornado and like saving his son's middle school uh and the people that from getting attacked and like going to the mall where his daughter is there like helping people who fell under the like santa stand uh santa stand uh i think i said whatever um and then like the tornado eventually is gonna like hit the the news station where his wife is and but then it all ends okay i don't know it was not good. It like didn't lean. It wasn't Christmassy enough. It just happened to happen around Christmas, but like everybody was dressed like in flip flops in like summer because like it gets global warming, so it's an unreasonably warm Christmas. Uh, so like yeah, they're just like happening some trees. There's one scene where like the daughter and her friend go to like sit on the Santa's lap at the mall, and like they're like teenagers, and so like they like are joking around. Like they ask the daughter's friend, ask Santa to like get the daughter a date with some boy she likes, who I don't think we ever see in the movie i don't know maybe we did i wasn't paying attention uh so and that's like the one christmas scene uh and then then like the whole like twister stuff was just like felt stupid and like the effects were really bad so like you couldn't even i don't know it didn't look like the tornado actually did too much uh because they couldn't actually do structural damage to any of these buildings (laughs) they could just like throw a couple like fake trees on the ground and like some plywood and yeah there is one part where that anchor who didn't want to update his models, he dies because he's reporting the tornado live. And for some reason, he's standing on top of a power plant and he sees the tornado coming for a good like two or three minutes before it makes no attempt to like find cover. And so he just dies on live TV for no reason. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that's fucking Christmas Twister. It's funny on the, the art for this like the cover art it says f6 twister so like they didn't even in all the markets they didn't even bother trying to push this as a christmas movie it's just f6 twister uh but yeah christmas twister well 1.5 stars because it was i didn't hate it granted like i said not really paying attention so we're off to a great start for 
our Christmas movie chronicles. We can only we can only go up from here. Uh, hopefully, who knows? It might still go bad. Uh, anyways, that's enough for today. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey guys, it is Thursday. Feels weird. I just finished editing and posted this week's episode. So does it feel like I should be recording right at this moment? Or that I should be recording the finale? Whatever. Uh, what did I do today? I didn't do anything, really. Drove Dexter to the Grove, so you can go to Barnes & Noble and get some manga. Uh, we got some little Caesars. <laughs> uh, that was nice. I went for a walk. I don't know. Nothing nothing too exciting to report. It's funny, when I was uh, finishing up the editing for last week's episode just now, I say this in the like episode description, but I realized that I watched... It was only a five-day week, but I watched nine movies in those five days. I didn't... I knew that I was doing double features, but I didn't even realize I was doing that many. I'm really trying to cram them in there. And I also realized that there's going to be a... Like a timing thing, because the... Because uh, Christmas is on Saturday, and usually I stop recording... Uh, on Thursdays for each week, and so I don't know what I'm going to do for that, because I wanted the last week of the podcast to be, like, non-Christmas movies to, like, round out the year, so I don't know. We'll see when we get there uh, what I do with that. But anyways, today's movie, uh, this was a suggestion from a good brother Andrew. It was on Tubi, and I watched Mr. St. Nick from 2002. Uh, this was a TV movie, and it stars Kelsey Grammer, Fraser himself, as the son of Santa. So, uh, this year, this takes place, Santa has to step down, and, like, his son has to assume the mantle of Santa. But his son, Kelsey Grammer, uh, lives in Miami, um, and he goes by Nick St. Nicholas, and he's, like, eccentric millionaire playboy, uh, who does not want the responsibilities of being Santa, and he also feels like uh, his Santa dad doesn't listen to his ideas, and he's also like bitter about not being able to spend Christmas with his own dad because his dad is always working <laughs> on Christmas. Uh, so like he like tells Santa dad that he doesn't want to do it, and like I'm not gonna take over being Santa, and like he also has to look for his like Mrs. Claus, his queen, because it's like a royalty thing, and so he ends up like. Um, taking or he ends up meeting this like weather woman and like falling for her and she's just like this blonde chick uh and she has like a friend who like has a charity idea for nick st nicholas to like sponsor and it's called uh mr st nick.com which is like an online charity thing where people can donate money for gifts that people want but this is all a scheme by the weather woman and her boyfriend they're just going to take all the money and siphon it to their account in the caymans but kelsey Grammer doesn't know this and then there's also like a subplot where <sighs> i guess not a subplot i guess it's a main plot where uh his like kelsey Grammer like, lives in like a mansion and he has an elf butler who doesn't really look like an elf, uh, and he, they fired their cook, because the cook was an Indian woman who puts curry in everything, so everything's too hot, and she gets offended, they want her to change her cooking, and so she quits, and then Kelsey Grammer's elf butler has to, like, find a new, uh, cook, and they find this, uh, woman, uh, Lorena, played by Anna Ortiz, and she's, uh, I think she's Venezuelan in the, in the movie, and, so they hire her to be a cook, but then this adds, like, a weird, like, uh, immigration police, like, uh, subplot. Like, there's a 
detective who works for immigration uh, named like Detective Nerdo. Or, no, that was the joke. They called him Nerdo, but his name is Nardo. Um, and so, and he's like a weird minor character. I'm realizing how much there is to this movie that doesn't seem like it when you're watching it. But uh, trying to explain it is hard. And this cook, uh, Lorena, she ends up falling for uh, Kelsey Grammer for some reason. Even though he's like getting duped by this blonde. Uh, there's also like a whole like kind of the Santa Claus element to it where like you know like Tim Allen slowly became more and more like Santa and this one like Santa dad is slowly losing his powers but Kelsey Grammer is like gaining them like he like starts to get fat at one point and like he has a Santa suit that he puts on and it like tries to like stay on him and like latch onto him and he has to like fight it off (laughs) at some point uh it's weird there's also a weird like Norse element to this movie so like there's a wizard that um has to oversee the like passing down of the santa mantle ceremony and its name is mamir and mamir is a character from norse mythology he's the one that uh odin sacrifices an eye to in order to gain knowledge hidden knowledge or whatever uh and like at one point he like casts runes to like read santa's future and also whenever uh mrs claus is like talking about retirement she's looking at like a travel brochure for valhalla <laughs> for like condos in valhalla so it's weird that they added like a whole norse thing to santa because i don't know if that's in that like lore uh i don't know how much i think a lot of santa lore did come from from odin whatever i can't remember right now um so yeah this (laughs) movie as you can tell from me trying to explain it it's ridiculous and pretty stupid and there's a good amount of time where i was laughing at the movie and like it's uh choices and it's like pretty outdated it's like 2002 family tv humor so it's pretty outdated but there's also a good amount of times where i was laughing with it like it's cute and it's kind of corny it's like perfect perfectly corny christmas bullshit so so i feel pretty uh i feel pretty okay giving mr saint nick uh three stars like this is like if you were just throwing on a christmas movie to be a christmas movie this is fine uh yeah all right that's enough for today we'll uh we'll see you tomorrow Okay, hey guys, it is Friday, uh, it is fucking cold, <laughs> it is, uh, 53 degrees in LA right now, I don't think we got above 60 today, and so I, of course, am freezing, I'm wearing sweatpants and a hoodie with the hood up, very close to putting on a beanie, I need to get a heater for this apartment, I don't think our heat works, I'm just so used to not having heat in an apartment because like in Hawaii, you don't have fucking heaters. I had a heater, no, even in Portland, I had the one room in the house where the heater didn't work. <laughs> so I had a space heater. Then our last apartment, uh, we had radiators in there, but I don't think any of us ever knew how to use them or attempted to use them. And we had uh, five people in a one bedroom apartment in there kind of illegally. So we never said anything to the landlord about it. Should probably say something about it here, but I'm also just so in the habit of not talking to my landlord. Uh, should probably change that at some point. Whatever. I'm cold. <laughs> it's Friday. what I do today? Uh, went down to Pulp Fiction in Culver City, picked up all those comics that, uh, I had missed the past three weeks because all the shipping to my shop has been all fucked up. Uh, spent way more money than I meant to, uh, but whatever. Um, then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I watched two movies today. First, our Christmas movie for today, I watched Santa Claus Conquers the Martians from 1964, suggested by... 
uh, Good Brother Rax. And uh, this is fun. It's cute. It's, I liked it. It's uh, I think most people know this because uh, it was on Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks and all that bullshit. But I just watched it straight up and I thought it was fun. So like, it's about, there's the Martians uh, and they're... There's these Martian children, Gimar and Bomar for girl Martian, bar Martian, girl Martian and boy Martian, and their parents, Momar and Kimar, mom, mom Martian and king Martian, are worried about them because they've been watching television broadcasts from Earth, and like they uh, don't know why the kids are watching so much television, why they're enamored with Santa Claus, and they speak to this like weird old elder i did not like his old man voice it like generally made me uncomfortable this like elder martian and he uh suggested that he like told them what christmas was and suggested that they go and get or, or to, to help the children they need to allow them to have fun and the martians then decide for this they need a santa claus so they go to earth and like they see that like there's a bunch of santa people dressed as santa and i realize that there's so many santas but they need to find the true santa so they kidnap a boy and a girl and the boy and the girl's like no you need to go to the north pole and so they go to the north pole where they find actual santa because santa also really does exist uh in this universe and they like there's like a cool fake polar bear in the sequence and they use like a giant robot that looks like a toy to like help them conquer santa and or not conquer santa but like capture santa and dispose of the elves and then yeah they fucking they get santa they freeze the elves and mrs mrs claus so they can't like stop them which this also the first documented appearance of mrs claus which is wild because it says it came out three weeks before the rudolph like claymation movie that it, the banking and Rass, i think and that had mrs claus in it so like i wonder how if they both separately came up like up with the idea that santa would have a wife or if there's some other lore but if this is the first documented case then there wouldn't be other lore and so they they get santa and they bring him on the spaceship with the two kids and they're taking him to mars but there's like some of the martians that don't like santa so like he's like trying to kill him the whole time but he doesn't succeed and then they get to mars and like he makes santa like makes uh christmas happened he starts like making toys with like a machine or some shit and then like the martian other martian is still like trying to kill him and it leads to like i don't know the big conflict at the end and the martians realize like it's nice to have santa but also they need to let him and the kids go back to earth i don't know it's cute there's some fun stuff in there uh i like a lot of the production choices <laughs> like that fake polar bear was funny the the big robot pretty cool uh the martian designs are funny and i like what they did there their outfits they wear like green outfits in the uh in the wikipedia or imdb it says that one of them is like red tinted and one is green tinted i didn't notice but i'm colorblind uh but yeah they wear these like greenish looking outfits and they have these like symbols on them that look like in the shape of like superman shield that say like their rank in something on it which i like mostly because it gives me the opportunity to talk about one of my favorite superman things there's this novel called it's superman by tom DeHaven, uh and it's great it's a great novel it's about like superman if he like came of age like in the 30s so kind of like around the same time frame as the comics and it's just a really fun retelling of superman's origin and i really like the way that he got his suit in that version of the story in that version of the story he ends up in hollywood 
like after uh his dad dies he goes like traveling around the country to like find himself he like becomes friends with this traveling photographer jimmy olsen uh and he ends up in hollywood and becomes a stunt man and uh you know because superman's invulnerable so he can like do these crazy stunts that nobody else can do uh and everybody just thinks he's like tough and lucky but then he starts dating this costumer and um the costumer is working on a uh uh, a space picture and it's like the saturn men are the men from saturn or something and the costume that she made for them is the like superman outfit with a shield with an s for saturn but you know it's gonna become superman and i just like that uh it's a fun origin story for his costume uh but anyways i just wanted to bring that up because i i love that uh but yeah so this movie santa claus conquers the martians i i'm gonna give 3.5 stars i don't know why everybody is so down on it i mean i get it's like bad quote unquote but it's a kid's fucking christmas movie you get some like people in the late 60s like having fun making up these costumes come up with this crazy santa martian story and like the acting's fine some of the choices are funny they're like bad martian with the mustache like every line delivery he has is funny uh santa is pretty good i don't know it's a good time. Okay, and then second movie uh, I watched because it's the upcoming movie for this week's or Monday's Action Boys episode. I watched Trespass from 1992, and this is a this is a wild movie. It's so 90s. It's such a weird premise. <laughs> like, uh, so these two firefighters, uh, played by Bill Paxton and William Sadler, uh. They're, like, doing a fire. There's an old man in an apartment, and they try to save him, but he just goes crazy, and he, like, out of guilt, he says, like, his sins are coming to get him, and he just, like, runs into the fire, <laughs> and they, like, so he kills himself, and they, like, find some newspaper clippings in his apartment, and they learn that he's this guy who probably stole a bunch of gold from the Catholic Church, like, 50 years before, and he hid it in his apartment in East St. Louis, so, and these guys are in Arkansas, so they decide to drive to St. Louis to this apartment building, which is now, like, a horrible, like, bombed out run down part of town to go find this gold but it also just so happens to be in like the gang in like this gang territory and this gang run by ice t and, and yet like ice cube is one of his lieutenants and they just happen to be there at the same time that ice t and them show up to do a deal and they end up killing this guy uh and bill paxton witnesses it and so it just turns in this like big clusterfuck where like you got the two white dudes like hunkering down and they don't want to give up the gold and they like take this like young kid uh captive who's like Ice-T's little brother, and the whole movie is just them like trying to figure out a way to get away while the gang tries to figure out how to get at them and get the the kid lucky and uh, why they're, they're there. And it just fucking escalates. It's a wild movie. Fucking uh, the one who's not Bill Paxton, William Sadler, he like slowly just becomes more and more insane for the gold. He like kills one of the other guys and he almost like kills Bill Paxton at one point because he just wants to get away with his gold. Um, and then there's like a whole other power dynamic with like Ice-T or Ice Cube doesn't respect Ice-T's decisions and he gets like all mouthy and like he wants to like just fucking kill these guys and who cares if they kill Lucky or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just, it's very intense. There's some good performances. Bill Paxton, of course, is always fun. Ice-T is good uh it's uh i'd never heard of this movie before and it, it apparently had like a tough time when it was coming out because it was supposed to come out one on like july of 92 i think uh but then the la riots happened and like this movie was going to be called the looters 
But then the riots happened, and so everyone just assumed that anything called the looters would be about the riots. So they had to change the name to, like, to trespass, and they didn't, like... The writer says he didn't mean for it to be political, but, of course, everyone then would see a bunch of, like, black dudes, like, with M16s, like, trying to take out some white guys with some political shit, and then, like, the white guys are, like, vaguely racist in the movie. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting movie. I enjoyed it. I had a good time watching it. So, yeah, Trespass, uh, at 3.5 this one too and yeah and trespass is actually this is the 364th movie uh for this year so technically tomorrow whatever movie i end up watching will be the one that like completes my challenge that i set out for myself uh which is wild i'll still i'm not gonna just stop the podcast part of me wants to i'm kind of done i like i think just because i see the finish line (laughs) i'm like just ready for it uh i don't know it was funny the other day, like actually hanging out with people and like t- talking with them about the podcast and stuff. And they were like saying it's uh, trying to tell me that it's impressive. And I feel like they're just being nice because to me, it just feels like, you know, I gave myself the challenge and I do put a good amount of work into this. Like I watch the movie, I read the Wikipedia and IMDb, even if it doesn't come across, I'm too informed when I do the interviews or the reviews. Like I do that and then I record this and I edit it and I upload it and blah, blah, blah. So like, I don't know. I think they were saying that like, it's impressive that I have the follow through to set this goal for myself and I still do it until like almost get a year. Uh, and it was hard for me to accept that compliment. I even feel weird bringing it up now because I feel like I'm like asking to be pat on the back for this. But uh, I think I'm just trying to convince myself that this is something I should be proud of in and of itself. And I'm also like kind of getting into the speech that I was, not speech, but the the kind of stuff I wanted to talk about during the like recap episode that I'm going to do in a few weeks after the challenge is actually done. Because the challenge was to watch a movie every day in 2021, not to watch 365 movies. So like the true spirit of the uh, challenge requires me to keep going. Part of me wants to try and hit... 400. I shouldn't have had that thought just now because that means I'm gonna have to cram in like 25 more movies. I could maybe do it. Fuck it. (laughs) We'll see. We'll find out. Uh, I don't know. That's enough for today. My thoughts are all over the place. I feel like I want to say something uh, deeper about this. Maybe tomorrow when I actually hit 365, I'll have some better thoughts about it. Anyways, that's it for today. We'll, uh, We'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Hey guys. It is, um, Saturday. It's an okay day. I'm in a bad mood. We'll get to that, I think. I don't know how much I want to actually talk about it. Um, (laughs) uh, but anyways, I guess today's recap, we went to, uh, LA Comic Con. Friend Ellen was working it, so she got us free passes for me and Dexter. And we went, we only stayed for like an hour. It's the first, like, big event thing that I've done, that we've done since COVID. Um... And it was brutal. (laughs) I just forgot how much cons suck, like, with or without COVID. I mean, when it comes to, like, COVID stuff, it wasn't really... It didn't, like, scare me so much, which is good. It more just annoyed me. You know, just how tightly packed we're we're in there. Fucking seeing so many people who just, like, don't know how to wear a mask or just don't care to wear it properly. It's just annoying. Because it's not fucking hard, you know? Uh, most people were wearing their masks and were doing pretty good, so that's nice. The annoying ones are the cosplayers. Like, cosplayers who felt like they didn't need to wear a mask because it's, like, not part of their costume. It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Just wearing a costume doesn't make you uh, exempt, exempt from uh, safety protocols, in my mind. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. 
cons are only really fun if you're there to like meet anyone or like buy anything. I uh and you know, I don't have any fucking income. Uh so I wasn't about to like go look for rare stuff to buy. Uh I was gonna say I wanted to say hi to David Mack, who's a comic book artist that like I'm kinda friends with because he drew my back tattoo. But the one time we walked by his booth there was like a bunch of people and then I tried to walk by it again and he was gone. So uh that's unfortunate, but you know, next time. Uh but yeah, like not the best experience, but I'm glad we did it. Makes me feel like I could handle like going to a concert or something, you know? Uh, and it was a lot of walking, so, you know, got 10,000 steps uh, for the first time in a while. Maybe that's why I'm crabby, because my body's worn out. I'm not used to this. No, it's mostly because of money, and I'm frustrated and about looking for jobs and shit, and I don't want to look for jobs and not hear anything from jobs I applied to. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, today's movie, first movie for today. I watched uh, Raw Deal from 1986 with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, uh, this was another one for the uh, the Action Boys backlog. I actually bought this DVD off of Thrift Books because uh couldn't find it streaming anywhere. It wasn't at the library. And I found it for like four bucks on Thrift Books. And uh, I needed a little boost. Uh, to get my card up to free shipping, so fuck it, why not? Uh, and I'm glad I did. This is a fun movie. It's a nice, nice little one to have in the collection. Uh, it's weird. It's like a, uh, it's like a '70s style, like hard-boiled kind of uh, mob movie with like a FBI agent or former FBI agent was like go undercover. But since it's made in 1986, you like put a little cheesy 80s action paint job on he put Arnold in the driver's seat uh and it's a fun time the plot is both like pretty simple and straightforward but also like borderline incoherent there were a lot of like characters and like crisscrosses and things that I didn't quite get I guess maybe because I wasn't exactly paying the right amount of attention but we're really watching this to just have fun with Arnold and uh see him like beat people up and shoot up a bunch of dudes and it's a it's a fun time so like Arnold I don't even know how I'm gonna Arnold is a former FBI agent uh who um is now a small town sheriff because he like beat the shit out of this one uh perpetrator who did like a perpetrator <sighs> fucking this guy who uh apparently murdered mess murdered, molested, and mutilated, uh, murdered, molested, and mutilated an 11-year-old girl, and he beat the shit out of him, so this, like, higher up at the FBI said, like, you're either getting prosecuted or you resign, so he resigns, and, uh, he becomes a small-town sheriff, and then this, like, higher up in the FBI who was friends with them, there's this other case, the cold open was of, like, a guy who's, like, being held in witness protection before he can testify, bunch of mob guys show up and kill him and kill all the agents watching him one of the agents was this higher up guy's son so he hires arnold to go undercover and infiltrate this mob so they can figure out who the leak is and get revenge for this guy and his uh son who died and yeah and i already listened to the action boys podcast about this and they bring up a good point like this wasn't written this definitely was not written for Arnold. It was supposed to be someone who seems like a more, like, sophisticated, like, New York guy who gets, like, forced to live in the suburbs of Chicago, and he actually seems like someone who viably could, like, infiltrate a Italian mob. Uh, but, 
you know, I think Dino De Laurentiis produced this and he had a deal with Arnold and that's how he ended up in this movie. I know, it's fun watching Arnold like infiltrate this mob scene. He had a lot of dialogue from Arnold that you normally wouldn't get. Uh, Robert Davi is one of the mob guys. He's always fun to watch. And uh, there's some cool action too. Like this movie, it weirdly starts with Arnold like chasing a guy in a motorcycle who in this small town, this guy just likes to impersonate a cop. But he's, so it's like a cop on a motorcycle being chased by Arnold who's in plain clothes in a Jeep. And they go on this like wild chase while like country music is playing. (laughs) And he's like, the guy in the bike is like jumping over like logs and shit. And then Arnold finally like cuts him off with a shortcut and then like sets the road on fire by pouring a bunch of gasoline on the road. And that's what stopped this guy. It's a wild action sequence to uh, start your movie on but it's fun there's also a part near the end where like arnold fucking gets a bunch of guns and shit and uh drives around a quarry uh shooting guys from his car while i can't get no satisfaction by the rolling stones is playing that's a fun scene too uh and yeah this is a it's a fun one uh so raw deal uh 3.5 stars worth watching if you can find somewhere to get it it's a, it's definitely a weird entry into the uh, Arnold, uh, what do you call it, repertoire, mythos, whatever, collection. And that was movie 365. That's like, technically, I could end all of this right here and right now. Uh, I think that might be part of the reason why I feel irritated today. There's like a part of my brain that's just like screaming. <laughs> like, you're free of this prison. You can walk out now. The door's open. You can just leave and stop doing all this work. Work quote-unquote, that you're not getting paid for, um, which is annoying that I keep thinking about that, because I do enjoy doing this. It's kind of, it's fun. I like watching fucking movies and reading about them. I like talking about them, and the few of you who actually listen, who seem to enjoy it, that's nice. I like it a lot. Uh, but you know, my brain has to be dumb. Uh, but anyways, I'm not stopping. <laughs> so, onto the second movie, because I had to watch a Christmas movie today, which, we were so close or I felt like I was so close to getting a, uh, for Raw Deal to be a secret Christmas movie. Because they date the, like, the thing with the, uh, the hostage at the beginning getting killed. Um, which I didn't say. The, the way that they kill this guy is pretty fucking, like, dark and brutal. They, like, the mob guys, like, get the snitch and they find him in, like, the safe house and he's wearing just his underwear. And they, like, put him on his knees and, uh force him to look in a mirror. He's like, you're going to be a witness? You want to be a witness? Well, witness this. And they shoot him in the back of the head and then the mirror that he's looking into perfectly like cracks where his eye is. Real fucked up. But anyways, that happens. They date it. It's happening on December 16th. And so I thought like maybe with Arnold going to Chicago, like it would be like Christmas time in Chicago, you know? Because even if they had just like one Christmas display or something, I could have counted it as, oh, I've watched the secret Christmas movie. I can only watch I can just watch one movie today and it'll be fun. But nope, no such luck. I don't know if there's a time jump or if they just weren't filming in December and so they didn't think about it or didn't want to bother with putting up decorations. Who knows? So for the second movie, for the Christmas movie, I watched uh, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, which is a uh, fantasy action horror Christmas movie from Finland from 2010. Uh... Mostly chose this one because, like, someone brought it up recently. It sounded interesting enough, and uh, it's short. It's only 80-something minutes. And it was all right. It's an all right time. It's kind of fun. It's like a weird twist on... There's, like, this remote town in Finland, and there's this big mound 
or mountain next to them in this company, uh, Snow something, Sub-Zero. They uh, are like drilling into this big mountain and like they discover that it's actually a burial mound where the old uh, Sammy people trap something in ice and build this mound to keep it trapped forever uh, until these dumbasses come and start blasting it apart because they think they can make money on what's inside uh and like pretty early on like what a ki- this kid who like they sneak in these two kids and they f- see what they're doing and they realize that, that santa is buried there and this is like weird mythological version of santa that's more kind of like krampus or whatever uh and then yeah the whole movie is just like following this kid as he like tries to warn his dad and the other people in town that Santa Claus is coming, and uh, uh, on Christmas Day, like, the explosions from the excavation have stopped. This town, like, they've, they live off of, like, a reindeer harvest, and they trap a bunch of reindeer in a pen, so they can, like, slaughter them, but, like, something has killed all the reindeer, uh, and then, like, in one of their traps, they find this old man who looks like a weird skinny Santa, and they think it's, like, actually Santa, this weird monster thing that, uh, the kid was talking about, because, like, all of the children in town have gone missing and all the heaters weirdly have gone missing and yeah and it's like a pretty it's pretty funny it's cute funny and then like uh like kind of scary like they do some like appropriately creepy things like this old like weird naked santa guy is very weird uh and unsettling they uh they finally realize just full spoilers fuck it who cares uh they finally realize that the big or that this little guy isn't actually santa he's an elf and the santa that they found was actually this giant thing like in this giant block of ice and he has like huge horns and he's this like massive thing that little santa looking guy that they found was actually his, one of his helpers so one of the elves and they finally find the block of ice where santa is and they put all the kids in town except for our main kid are in sacks around santa and there's a bunch of heaters for all the heaters still from the town trying to melt the ice and all of these naked santa elves uh come out of the woods uh and it's unsettling <laughs> but you know our main kid comes up the plan to stop it they blow up the big santa and they like capture all the naked elves and like the end of the movie is them like cleaning up and training the elves because they kind of look like santa and like they make a company called rare exports and they send out these santas to different parts of the world to be like mall santas it's a weird business model i don't exactly understand uh how it all is supposed to work uh but we're not here for logic we're here for fun and this was pretty fun. It's weird. It looks good. There's a lot of really pretty shots of uh of Finland. It's really nice. But it looked like a nice place to go. Um. So yeah. Uh, rare exports. A Christmas tale. We'll also get three point five stars. And that's it for today. Uh, man, the next movie in my like action boys backlog watch list is Die Hard, which is like appropriate for the season. Uh, I guess. I still just get so annoyed. It's like the cringiest shit to say that like Die Hard's your favorite uh, action movie. Though I think that my attitude, this attitude about it now, about it being lame and dated is the general consensus now, at least like on Twitter. Uh, so uh, maybe I'm being even more lame by doubling down, but who knows? I'll probably watch that. They did a commentary, so at least I'll be able to watch it and listen to uh, the boys talk over it. So that'll most likely be, I'll review that tomorrow. I don't know why I'm telling you guys. It must be weird. I feel like it's weird that I've let this podcast be so overrun by my affection for another podcast that i don't think any of you guys listen to and it's on patreon so it's like you can't listen to it easily (laughs) really uh 
I don't know, whatever. I'm having fun with these old, with these movies. And I guess that's what really matters, right? I'm, I'm going to stop talking for today. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, hey guys. It is Sunday. I am, I'm still wiped out from all the walking uh, yesterday. I like woke up nine-ish, I think, and it was so hard to, like, actually wake up. I don't know why I didn't just keep sleeping. I kept, like, fighting it for some reason. Uh, yeah, really fucking tired. I stayed up till, like, two, because I think, like I said, I started the, uh, Action Boys Die Hard commentary, and so I watched half of that last night, and I woke up and finished it, so I might as well just review that here now. Die Hard, uh, 1988. It's a good movie. I think everybody knows this. I don't think... <laughs> I need to talk uh, too much about Die Hard and how I feel about it. I didn't, I didn't read the Wikipedia and I didn't read the IMDb trivia because the Wikipedia, like when I put it into like reader mode, said it would take 120 minutes to read it, and I was just like, yeah, fuck that. I don't need to um to do that. It's a good movie. It's fun. Uh, uh the commentary, the Action Boys commentary, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's fucking. Die Hard. Uh, Alan Rickman is great. Reginald Vell Johnson is great. Bruce Willis does a great job. The whole crew of bad guys is really fun. You got like the the like nerdy hacker dude with his rings and shit and his quips, and he's funny. And uh, fucking, I don't know. It's just a solid story, solid action movie. And like as annoying as everybody who like goes on who says that this is their favorite Christmas movie, though I think at this point I'm like railing against a straw man. <laughs> I'm, like, angry at people on Twitter from, like, 2014, uh, but regardless of how, uh, annoying that person in my mind is, they, uh, the Christmas stuff is pretty satisfying. The, like, the sweater where he's, like, now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 and, uh, like, the song, the Christmas song that they ended on is really nice, good for the vibe, uh, so yeah, the Christmas stuff is satisfying, but I will still roll my eyes if you say it's your favorite, uh, so yeah, Die Hard, four stars, undeniably a good movie and a good time. Uh, then what did I do? I read for a while today, and then I I finally made it through my backlog of comics that, like, you know, because the shipping for the comic, comic book stores has been all fucked up. I went to Pulp Fiction the other day, and I bought, like, a giant stack of all the comics I was missing, and I read through all those today. Uh, that was fun. There's some good stuff in there. The Nightwing Annual was a good story with him and Jason Todd. Uh, and then I watched, as another, um, to tick off another, uh, movie for the Action Boys backlog, I watched The Running Man from 1987, uh, starring, uh, Arnold and Richard Dawson and Yafet Kodo, Jesse Ventura and Maria Conchita Alonso, directed by Paul Michael Glazer. It's based off of a novel that Stephen King wrote, but he put it out under a pen name, and apparently this is a lot different from the novel, and there's going to be a more faithful adaptation coming out soon, directed by Edgar Wright. They're in pre-production now. Isn't that exciting? Uh, uh, and this is a cool movie. It's fun. It's, a uh, it's, a uh, it takes place in 2017 to, like, 2019 or so, around there, and I always, like, how these old movies like think the future is going to be so it's like los angeles 2019 or 2017 and there's like big bombed out areas from like the massive earthquakes that have happened but then there's also these like giant skyscrapers that all have like pyramid bases which i just i think it's so funny like like the i wonder if these people thought that was actually what 2017 could be like you know like simultaneously like 
extreme poverty and like fucked up stuff, but also uh, giant new skyscrapers replacing all the skyscrapers that are around when they're making this movie, you know? Uh, and so, and it's like this future where everything's fucked up. There's a like total economic collapse. There's a totalitarian police state and the government puts on the game show, The Running Man, where they have criminals like run through a bombed out area of L.A., and if they can make it through while not being killed by the stalkers, which are like American gladiators, American gladiator actually took the idea from this. Uh, if they can make it through, then they get a pardon, supposedly. And then, uh, but our boy Arnold is a cop and he's like in an attack helicopter with a bunch of other cops and they're going because there's a food riot and he's ordered, he's given orders to kill everyone at this riot, even though he just told his higher ups that the, everyone's unarmed. And he's like, no, I'm not going to kill them. They just want food. Why would I like screw your orders? And he like mutinies and then he gets get puts he gets put in jail and like he's framed and they say that he did kill everybody because i guess the other people the other cops did kill him and they throw him in jail and he's known as the butcher of bakersfield because that's the town uh which like the politics of that whole section confuse me because it's like he's obviously a well-established cop and he's given these orders and the orders seem like they're given pretty nonchalantly i feel like he would be used to this type of like uh state violence and committing this violence i don't know why all of a sudden he's all upset about it and then also so like the media narrative is that he did kill all these people and he's like a monster for doing it but i feel like in this world everybody would be real used to cops killing a bunch of people and all the people who would be consuming the media who aren't poor would be on the like hard right side of like fuck these people if they're rioting for food like they might as well be put down they're all animals so i don't i don't know why exactly he's a, a bad guy i mean i get it to like us and like uh, our quote-unquote normal society killing all the people would be a bad thing but in this like weird fascist uh dystopia he might be a hero for doing that who knows uh anyways he gets put in jail uh like work prison 18 months later, he breaks out with Yafet Koto and this other white guy. Um, and then blah, blah, blah. He gets captured again. The guy who hosts the game show, uh, played by Richard Dawson, realizes he would be good for the Running Man game. So they capture him and his friends and put them in the game. And then the whole rest of the movie is him fighting off all the stalkers and then getting back and getting revenge on Richard Dawson and stuff. And it's fun. It's a good time. The stalkers are funny. Yeah, uh, Professor Toru Tanaka, who's an old wrestler playing uh sub-zero who is like a uh, a hockey player he like has his own special like killing rink he's like a goalie and he has a big goalie stick that has a bunch of like serrated blades on it it's pretty cool uh but arnold of course uh like garrotes him with fucking razor wire and yeah and then there's another guy named buzzsaw and then like this creepy one named dynamo who like shoots electricity and sings opera the guy who plays him actually was an opera singer so it's really him singing that's fun uh and yeah we just get to see arnold like kill all these guys and make quips there's also the girl uh the one girl <laughs> in the movie not the one there's like other ones who work for the tv show but amber mendez who like arnold when he first escapes goes to his brother's apartment but she's living there he'd got uh his brother got like moved out for re-education whatever that means in this universe uh and she ends up like getting caught up in the plans and at first she hates them but then of course because it's a movie she ends up like falling in love with them and being on his side uh but she's fun she plays the part well uh yeah all right i feel like i've said it like five times already it's a fun time you get to watch arnold make quips after killing uh outrageous bad guys it's always a good time so i think my favorite line 
that Arnold has is like when they were first, he took the woman there. He was going to try and like escape to Hawaii with her. And he was like wearing this ridiculous Aloha shirt. And she said she gets like plane sick and she's going to throw up on him. And he's, he's, he just said, go ahead. It won't show on this shirt. And then later in the movie, uh, after they're all, they getting attacked, like her and, uh, the woman and Amber and Arnold, he, uh, she, um, she's like, why the fuck did I do this? We should have just went to Hawaii. I shouldn't have opened my big mouth. And Arnold's just like, I had the shirt for it, but you fucked it up. <laughs> and I just, I like that line a lot. Uh, so yeah, man, the running man, uh, 3.5 stars. It's a good time. Okay. And last movie of the day, movie number three, I'm easily going to hit 400 movies. I thought about maybe just making 400 the cap, but we still have like 26 days left in this year. I'm going to end up doing a lot of double features because I think I'm going to keep this like action movie and Christmas movie uh double feature going on for as long as I can because I'm having fun with it but um but anyways so this movie I was looking through Canopy the library streaming service I was looking through I got an email about like their holiday hits that they have and there's not many but this movie was in there uh, it's called Snowman's Land it's a German movie from 2010 uh not much of a Christmas movie. Thankfully, I guess I watched Die Hard, and that counts more as my Christmas movie for the day than this one does. Uh, so, Snowman's Land. It's about this, like, mob, like, kind of a low-level mob hitman kind of guy. He fucks up a job, and he needs to, like, get out of town, and he gets an offer for another job that his buddy can't do because it's out of town. And so he goes, and it's, like, to go to this hotel up in the mountains that this, like, crime boss owns. And, like, the guy who gives him the job is like, yeah, you need to relax anyways. Go up in the mountains. Build a snowman or something. <laughs> At one point, he does build a little snowman when he's, like, wasting time. And then there's, like, another guy who's going to go up there with him on the job, and he meets him on the road. And this guy is carrying a Christmas bag uh, or, like, a plastic bag that says Merry Christmas on it. And then someone else mentions a Christmas party at one point. So that's all the Christmas we get for this movie and it's just like a kind of like comedy of errors type crime movie they go up to this thing to this like hotel that's mostly abandoned that this you learn later this crime boss is going to renovate and like try to turn the whole valley there into like a las vegas in the mountains or some shit but before he gets there like his wife is at the hotel with them and she like makes crazy drugs and then the her and the other guy who's with our main character but not our main character the other guy is like more of a fuck up and they end up like doing drugs and almost having sex but she starts like fucking around with his gun because she's high and doesn't know any better and then she ends up accidentally shooting herself in the head <laughs> and killing herself like right when they're about to have sex and then they have to like cover for that and then they get tortured because the crime boss comes back and thinks that they did something and they don't want to say exactly what they did and blah 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 and then this other henchman like attacks the boss and he's gonna try and take over now but this guy's like crazy uh i don't know it's nothing too exciting or thrilling but it's just kind of cute it's a cute movie i like the main guy uh walter uh played by jurgen reisman i think i think that's what you call that weird looking b in german it's pronounced with an s so like reisman he has a good like loser charm to him and uh yeah i don't know fine enough story the shots of like the mountains and the snow were really nice i don't ever really have a desire to like go anywhere that's colder <laughs> than los angeles or be in snow but this made it look nice and made me wish i could like go for a walk through the snow um but yeah snowman's land uh three stars it's all right yeah and that's enough for today we'll uh we'll see you tomorrow okay hey guys it is monday it was uh it was a good day. It was a nice day. Uh, fucking woke up at like 10. So, so that felt late, which is funny. 
Um, didn't do too much. Read some. Uh, I found out <laughs> fucking Duolingo, the like language learning app, does their own version of Spotify Wrapped, where it tells you all your stats for the year. And uh, I saw someone on my on Twitter post like that they were in the top five percent of German language users uh, learners. And so I went to check, and I was like, oh, like I gotta be in the top five for Hawaiian because like I completed that course. Turns out I'm in the top one percent for all learners on duolingo like when it comes to experience points <laughs> earned uh which is wild i never would have expected that i thought i was just like above average at best but like top one percent it's pretty cool though i'm sure that's like skewed a bit because i'm sure there's so many people that start and then don't like continue on after it so that like probably weighs the average of like most people only having done a few days and then they like give up or forget or whatever. But I don't know. Kind of proud of that one. It's fun. Um, and uh, my friend Elaine came over. She lives like right down the block, which is why it's ridiculous that we haven't. That's taken me this long to like be comfortable to hang out because uh, she literally lives a block away. But thankfully now with like the shots and the booster and just feeling like I need to do something social, I think I explained this already. I felt pretty comfortable um hanging out with her so she we went for a walk around the neighborhood and then we came back to the house and we ended up watching four fucking <laughs> christmas movies uh so many so uh might as well just fucking get into it so first movie we watched uh we watched because my mom suggested this a boy called christmas which is a 2021 british christmas fantasy movie uh this one's pretty cool it's a good it's a good christmas movie it's a good like uh reimagination of the origin of christmas so we got like this framing device where professor mcgonagall the actress who plays professor mcgonagall from the harry potter movies is like babysitting for these three kids and she's telling them a story on christmas eve about a boy called christmas and this boy his name's nicholas he lives in like finland centuries ago or whatever just him and his dad and it's like poor they're both poor his dad's just a woodcutter and uh he uh you know his mom died before and his mom called him christmas and he doesn't know why he doesn't know what that word means uh and then like the king played by jim broadbent sends uh like wants to send all the poor people out on a quest to like outside of the kingdom to like the harshest areas and like to find bring something back to give the people hope uh which is kind of just a way to like kill poor people and get them out of the way because like there's a part where he, the king asks the crowd like what do we need and they say like universal health care food for everyone housing for everyone and he's like no 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 we need hope which is a kind of funny joke um and so the kid's dad goes on this quest he's gonna leave with an expedition to go find elf helm to see if elves exist and he leaves leaves uh the nicholas under the care of his aunt who's played by Kristen Wiig, who does a pretty good job of playing, like, this mean, horrible hag that, like, just abuses the kid after his dad's gone. And eventually the kid's like, fuck this, and he takes his pet mouse, and they go on the journey, and they end up finding Elfhelm, and then things go uh, wild from there. Not wild. I just decided I didn't want to do a recap anymore. But it's cute. The elves, like, the whole elf town looks cool. Uh, the main kid playing... A Boy Called Christmas, uh, Henry Lawful, he's a good, like, actor, does it do, he's, uh, he's not, like, weird or creepy, he's, like, charming, and the whole way that this turns out being, like, the origin of Christmas, it's pretty fun, 
Um, there's one girl who's like a truth pixie in this, and she's like a very like cute little girl, and but she's like gleefully talks about blowing up people's heads a lot and laughing about it. Um, maniacally, it's very unsettling. <laughs> uh, made me uncomfortable. She's like a little serial killer. Um, but yeah, Boy Called Christmas. It's a nice movie. It's on Netflix. Four stars. And then we watched uh, the Claus, the Claus family, which is a Danish, Belgium, a Dutch Belgium Netflix movie from last year. Uh, so we watched it dubbed, which was funny. Um, and this movie is one of the most like baffling and incoherent and weirdly edited movies that I've ever seen. It's so like. There's a Dutch family, the dad dies in an accident on Christmas, and then the next year, towards Christmas, they move to Belgium because that's where their grandfather on their dad's side lives and they need to take care of him. The kid, the like older brother, or there's an older brother and a little sister, the older brother, uh, Jules, is like all sulky and he hates Christmas because, you know, his dad died on it so he just doesn't want to celebrate it. But then pretty early in the movie he finds out that his grandfather is Santa Claus. And uses a snow globe to, like, teleport everywhere. And that's how he delivers all his presents. But, and so he immediately, like, wants to help. But then he keeps going back and forth between, like, loving Christmas and wanting to help and, like, hating it. And, like, it just seems willing, like, he's just doing it to create drama. <laughs> like, there's no real reason why he should be this wishy-washy, even for, like, a, an emotional kid. Because I get, like, an emotional kid. You're still processing your dad dying at a young age. It's got to be hard. But, like, he learns the magic of his magic exists and his family line is Santa Claus. And he gets to do this. And so he does, like, help deliver presents. But, like, this is where it gets weird because, like, they do one night. And I'm not sure if it was supposed to be Christmas Eve. It seems like it was because they go to the North Pole or whatever. And the elves in this movie, this is the worst depiction of elves I've ever seen. It's all, like, normal adults. But they're, like, CGI'd to be, like, six inches tall. And there's only four of them. And we, <laughs> like, one elf, his job is just to type up the Christmas list. Yeah, another person is supposed to read the Christmas list because they go to this, like, factory where all the presents are in, like, these weird sci-fi cubby holes. And so the elf will read the list as Santa or the kid who's helping has to go to each cubby and then grab the present, which doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you make the present, wrap it, put it in a, like, weird, like, cataloging system sci-fi cubby thing just to, like, read the list and then go and grab it and then put it in the sack? And so they do this for one night and then the kid gets over it because he, like, get to a house where a kid has his dad. Our kid leaves a note that he wants their mom to come back or something. He's like, I want to go home. And so they go back and he's like, and Santa's like, all right, we'll try again tomorrow. And it's like, didn't you, you were just delivering presents. Doesn't that mean it's Christmas Eve? And, but then they go back for like another day and then we have like two more days of drama and then like trying to like deliver presents again. And it's like, is there like a weird time magic thing going on that I didn't realize? Like, why are we able to deliver presents on more than one night? I don't, I don't get it. Um, it was just, and like they, there's even like a part where they show that the map of like all the kids getting their presents delivered and there's like red lights that will turn to white lights at one point. And whenever the kid is finally at the end, he like is going to be Santa and he accepts his destiny and he wants to help his family. He like, they show like the map is just like a wave of white lights. But whenever they show him, like, teleporting, he, like, teleports and then, like, delivers the presents in real time. So, like, is each teleport also a time jump where he, like, comes back a few minutes? So he's just repeating the same, like, five minutes over and over? I don't know. 
and maybe I'm thinking too much about this, but it's just like, it's just, <laughs> I feel like this should have been settled. I don't know. And then there's like a whole weird subplot where like the mom is working in a cookie factory in Belgium and they only make these like dreary, like little like hard ginger cookies. And it's also like the most inefficient factory I've ever seen. It's just people working at tables. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But then she like wants to save. She thought she was gonna be able to present her own cookies for sale, which are just sugar cookies with a little icing on it. But then she has this whole plot. They like turn her down and like say like, no, make the boring cookies, blah, blah, blah. And then like the factory's gonna close. So her like two friends that she's made are like all upset. And then there's like a whole plan to like make and send out the colorful cookies uh and then people will love them and that'll save the factory if she can just get someone to place a big order which then ties into the son delivering presents because he then takes some of the cookies and he delivers some to the president madam president of the united states so we that's how you know that we're in a fantasy land that there's a woman president but he delivers this i'm just realizing he delivers this and then they get a call to the factory that the president wants a giant order for Christmas dinner. So he delivered the presents before Christmas Eve because they learned this news on Christmas Eve evening, like afternoon. And then they have to go and make a bunch of cookies and overnight ship a giant order to the White House. It is just, it just hurts my head to think about. Um, <laughs> this movie's not great. Uh, the acting is all extremely mediocre. Some of it looks nice and like some of the heartfelt moments, like they did kind of well. I don't know. It was just not great. The main kid doesn't act very well. <laughs> Though he did have, we like, Elaine made me rewind to catch his face because there's like another subplot where there's like this 15 year old girl who lives across the street who like gives him advice <laughs> and he's like whining or like pouting about his, how he doesn't like Christmas and because his dad's dead and he's like, what are you know? You didn't lose anything. You never lost anything. And like this girl, you see her with her dad, but you, so I thought she was going to bring up something about how her mom was gone but no she pulls off her prosthetic leg and shows it to him <laughs> which was just it just felt like it came out of nowhere and then so the acting moment that i was talking about at the end of the movie after everything's saved and like he's finally like he put up his own christmas tree with grandpa santa and like everybody comes in and is all like celebrating she comes in the 15 year old girl and like is like this kid's like i think he's like 14 or 13 i don't know he's shorter than her he just gives her this look like he's smiling and then he like as she comes closer and like he finally looks at her he's smiling and then like his face kind of drops and like it's like the realest face of like realizing you're attracted to someone and it's just it was funny i don't know uh the claus family claus family two stars it's kind of fun to laugh at don't watch this on your own it's frustrating watch it with someone so you laugh at it that's two movies down <laughs> um third movie we've watched uh god i've already talked so long i'm gonna have so much editing to do this week it's gonna be brutal hope you guys are ready for this giant sized uh issue uh third movie we watched a princess for christmas this is a it was on netflix uh it was previously known under the canadian title christmas at castleberry hall and a princess for castleberry and a christmas princess Sometimes dreams come true before they simplified it for Netflix to just a princess for Christmas. And this, this movie rules. This is exactly what I want for like cheesy, like Christmas rom-com. Uh, it's, it's amazing. So the main chick, uh, Katie McGrath or, uh, Lena Luther from Supergirl. Uh, so I'm already biased to this movie because I love her. Um, her sister had married a son of a duke from england they live in buffalo new york 
but she some her sister somehow pulled this son of a duke and then has two kids but they died in an accident so now lena luther is the uh guardian of these two kids and she's been trying to take care of them for a year christmas is coming up the butler from uh castleberry hall comes and bring gives them all plane tickets because their grandfather wants to meet the kids finally but like after like ignoring them because he didn't want to acknowledge that his son had like forsaken his family and his title for this like commoner woman and so at first like lena luther doesn't want to go because she doesn't want to accept handouts she you know she makes her own money herself even though she just got laid off from her job at the antique store (laughs) Uh, but then they eventually accept the plane tickets and they go on the trip because she thinks it'll be good for the kids to know their grandfather and the grandfather uh played by roger moore james bond which was great it was nice to see him uh in this and then of course like the he has another son who is a prince from his mother's side lineage um and so then it just becomes a rom-com about the prince uh and lena luther falling in love uh and it's fun it's a good time it's fucking cheesy corny just exactly what you want for christmas the fucking uh like there's a scene where like the Roger Moore doesn't want Christmas decorations because it just makes him think of his son, Charles. Uh, but then Lena, and I like how I'm just referring to her as her Supergirl character name because that, that's what she is. She's Lena Luther. Uh, Lena, like, was like, no, I'm going to get a tree for my kids because how can you deny two kids a Christmas tree at Christmas? So they go and get a tree and they, like, decorate it. And it's, like, the tackiest, worst decorations I've ever seen. Uh, but then they, like, melt Roger Moore's icy heart by like giving him his favorite ornament to like put on the tree and they like decorate it together and it's just really nice and then there's like a case of like there's a they're gonna throw a christmas ball because roger moore has so full of the christmas spirit but then like lena overhears them talking about some crass horrible woman they don't want invited she thinks it's her so she like is gonna leave but then all the house help loves her so much so they like go and buy her a new dress and bring her back to the ball and the prince dumps his girlfriend because she sucks and is like dancing with lena and you know they get married and it's nice <laughs> yeah it's just uh just an all-around corny good time a lot of and like all the actors do pretty good they're all fun the lena's great roger moore is great the prince is fine you grow to like him more over the movie uh little girls very cute and precocious the uh i don't even know if i'm using the word precocious right just feels like the right word to use you know the 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 kid playing like milo the like teenager he's like 14 or 15 he's so weird he like his like head looks like it looks like his head grew up faster than the rest of his body so his like body's like really skinny his head's just like too big and he has like such a weird voice it's like a it's like he's like trying to sound younger than he is which yeah i just looked it up and he is <laughs> He's 34 now, so he must have been 24 when this movie was made. (laughs) And yeah, you can just tell he's like, his voice, he's trying to be like, oh, whatever, man. He's like doing that kind of hacky teen voice. It's very funny. So yeah, A Princess for Christmas, uh, fucking five stars. Exactly what I want from a Christmas movie. I'm probably being ridiculous and giving this five stars, but if we're going by like the Doughboys metric of is this achieving the goal it set out for itself, I believe it did. And I had a very fun time watching it, so five stars. <laughs> uh, and then the last movie for today, uh, we watched Jingle All the Way. Had to do a classic, you know, from 1996 with Arnold and Sinbad. Uh, I feel like everyone knows this. I, don't, I definitely don't need to do a, a plot synopsis. You know, Arnold plays a dad, works too much, uh, forgets to buy his son Anakin Skywalker 
Jake Lloyd a Turbo Man doll. And so he has to go find it, goes into a bunch of hijinks, runs into Sinbad, who's playing a slightly unstable postal worker. Very timely joke. Uh, and then you have Phil Hartman, who's like playing a great creep who's trying to hit on and seduce Arnold's wife the entire movie. And yeah, it's just a good time. Now, there are a lot of like tonal shifts because there's a lot of parts where it feels like a pretty good commentary on or like satire on like consumerism and like people like freaking out over like all these toys and uh you know things going out of stock and uh feeling like you need to find the right toy in order to make your kid happy for christmas uh then like the ending is feels kind of rushed and then like i always forget how fucking cartoony they get at the end like whenever he gets into the turbo man suit at the parade that for some reason all the turbo man stuff works properly like the jetpack works and he like flies like it's not like he just like goes up a few feet in the air with a jetpack. He like flies through like the stratosphere and like is doing loop de loops around fucking skyscrapers and shit. It's like full on cartoon <laughs> uh physics. And I always forget that they get that crazy with it. Yeah. I don't know. Arnold's a delight, of course, throughout the entire time. Uh definitely not my favorite of his movies or characters, but it's up there. Sinbad is really funny. Can they like say that he improvised most of it and you believe it and most of it works some of it feels like it goes off the rails a little bit but most of the improv works and then phil hartman just every line he delivers is like perfect he's such a fucking uh sleaze yeah it's just it's a good time arnold fighting all the like santas who have like the secret counterfeit toy ring one of the arnolds being the big show and then the another one being Vern Troyer, Troyer mini me is uh pretty fun but yeah it's a uh, it's a classic. Jingle all the way. Four stars. You know, always a good time. Solid Christmas movie. They should do, because they kind of like, there's like the after credit sequence, which is funny that this movie has an after credit sequence. I like his wife asking, like, what'd you get for me? And then like his panic look at the camera so he realized he didn't get anything for her. It's a shame we didn't get a direct sequel to that. And then they like, I think like WWE Studios made the sequel that is just a movie with the same name and basic premise that came out in 2014 with fucking Larry the Cable Guy and Santino Morella, <laughs> which sounds awful. I don't think I'm going to watch that. I don't think I want to watch that unless you guys want me to. I will, I will torture myself for you guys, but, um, they should do like a sequel with Arnold now. Like, I don't know, like grandpa has to help his like son, John Cena, find a fucking a new phone for their kid you know something fucking stupid like that it'd be fun they should do it anyways <laughs> that is uh more than enough for today so well i'll see you tomorrow okay hey guys it is it's wednesday actually skipped yesterday uh recording wise not movie wise so i feel like i have a lot to talk about but i'm also pretty tired so we'll see uh what happens so yesterday i didn't record because um my friend uh alan who i've mentioned a few times so far this episode uh she flew back to mexico this morning but she needed a place to crash last night so she crashed here and i drove her to the airport at fucking 7 30 this morning um so i don't really remember what i did yesterday before i picked her up i think we went to the comic book store got some stuff uh then i went and picked her up around like six from wherever she was at and then we came back here and she had to like pack and then we watched uh all three princess switch movies so i'll just get into those the fucking it has the hudgens uh netflix christmas movies um and overall 
they're pretty fun. I'll just review them all like as a whole. But like, so like scores, get that out of the way. The Princess Switch, number one from 2018, four stars. Princess Switch switched again from 2020, three stars. More like a 3.25, but you can't do that on Letterboxd. And the Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star from this year, three stars. Like, this is a solid three stars. Um, Like, it almost was a 2.5, but I it was cute and I did enjoy it, so I didn't feel right giving it a 2.5, so three is fine. And, you know, these movies are like, it's just a Christmas version of The Prince and the Pauper. Though, is The Prince and the Pauper a Christmas story to begin with? I don't fucking know. Um, Vanessa Hudgens plays a baker from Chicago who uh, is going to enter a Christmas baking competition in Belgravia. And she also plays uh, the princess of Montanaro, who is betrothed to the prince of Belgravia. And they run into each other backstage at the baking competition, and the princess uh, invites her back to the castle and has the idea that they switch because she wants to be a normal person and see what it's like before she has to go fully into being royal. And so they do the switch, and of course they like fall in love with each other's guys that they were with, like Chicago, Vanessa Hudgens falls in love with the prince, and then princess Vanessa Hudgens falls in love with the her like best friend from high school that was helping with the bacon stuff it's cute it's a fun movie uh i was i don't know if this is me being like uh <laughs> stupid or a bad actor maybe i'm being an asshole by trying to like qualify this uh i was like genuinely impressed with vanessa hudgens like ability to play two different characters and like make them feel pretty distinct I guess it is pretty easy, maybe not pretty easy, but easier whenever the two characters are vastly different. You got like just like normal girl, like prim proper, uh, royal type. But I felt like her accent was good. And like this especially stood out to me whenever they were playing the scenes where she was playing one character who is trying to act like the other character. I feel like there's a lot of like pretty subtle acting choices in there that are actually like fairly impressive. I don't know. It's fun. Uh... And like I said, the first one, four stars, and does a pretty good job of uh, being a cute Christmas movie. Uh, the, th- the second one, they introduce a-, a third Vanessa Hudgens, who is the cousin of Princess Vanessa Hudgens, who is like kind of like a high society, like not high, well, like a weird, posh, flirty, like criminal. And she has like a whole plot where she's going to like pretend to be the princess of Montanaro so that she can like get money for her and her two like stupid uh comedy relief friends and you can really feel them like the first like 30 minutes of this movie feels like them like spinning their wheels trying to like figure out and justify a story (laughs) uh but you know it's a fun time and then the third one is uh focused on the the third Hudgens and about her like redemption story and like learning why she's uh the way she is and her like reconciling with her mother and stuff and there's more of like a lot of switches there's so many switches it's just like amazing how many times a switch has to happen and like one sister has to pretend to be or one Vanessa Hudgens has to be pretend to be another Vanessa Hudgens and then pretend to be another Vanessa Hudgens while being that one it's a it's a lot there's a lot of layers (laughs) but you know overall a pretty good uh it's a good set of Christmas movies, I would say. Now, I do want to say the Kevin, the character who's like best friends with Chicago Vanessa Hudgens, who ends up with Princess of Anantaro, 
in that sergeant's there's so many times where he gets like emotionally manipulated and like the person that he thinks he's in love with isn't the person he's actually in love with and like it happens like at each movie and it's i feel like he would have like some real serious like ptsd he would need to go to therapy <laughs> for a lot of the things that happened to him uh so i feel bad for that character uh so anyway, so we were up to like fucking three watching those movies and then like i said i got like four hours sleep woke up drove her to the airport first time i've driven someone to lax in a very long time used to be because i'm the only one with a fucking car of most of the people that i know here i that was like my default thing and i don't mind driving i like driving fine but uh didn't quite miss <laughs> driving someone to lax but it was fine and it was nice to see ellen off it was very good to see her while she was in town um uh then came back home spent most of today editing it's already a very long episode uh <laughs> and um i had to take like a pretty long nap to try and recover from the lack of sleep last night and then today i watched uh big trouble in little china because this is the next to my action boys backlog and we actually tried to watch this yesterday when ellen first i first picked ellen up and we came over like this was gonna be the movie that i watched while she packed and then, like, once we she was unpacking, we got food that we could focus on the Christmas movies. But it ended up while watching this, me and her just kept talking. And so I barely paid attention the entire time. And then I just didn't finish it. So today was me actually watching it. Uh, and uh, it's a fun movie. You know, John Carpenter, 1986. You got Kurt Russell, Kim, uh, Kim Cattrall, Dennis, Dennis Dunn is Wang Chi. He's pretty good. I liked him a lot. He's like the real actual hero of this movie. James Hong is Lo Pan. He's fun. And then Victor Wong is Egg Shen. And I was really happy to see him. Because that's the, uh, it's the, like, the sensei from fucking Three Ninjas. Love that guy. Big part of my childhood. And he was in Tremors, too. And yeah, basic synopsis. Kurt Russell plays Jack Burton. Which, so weird to hear my name said so many times in a movie because he always refers to himself by his full name and he speaks in third person a lot and a lot of people will just call him burton throughout the movie like kim cattrall pretty much just calls him burton in the movie uh very weird to hear it out loud like that not used to it so he's a trucker and then uh he goes to chinatown where he's like gambling with wang chi the whole night and then the next morning to like get his money he because he has to go get the rest of his money from Wang Chi. They like have to stop at the airport to pick up Wang Chi's fiance, uh, Miao Yin, played by Susie Pai. And then they get drawn to this whole, she gets kidnapped and they get drawn to this whole plot between all these like Chinese uh, gangs in Chinatown. And then Lopan, who is like a mythical figure, like a king who was cursed back in the day by a demon. And he has to find a woman with green eyes to like marry in order to become real again. And that's the whole thing. There's like it's just them trying to get that girl back and there's a lot of cool fights and like fight effects there's a lot of like wire stuff and explosions uh i liked a lot of the set design or the production design like there's a lot of cool costumes and uh sets and like the monsters were cool especially like the set at the end for like the big wedding ceremony it was like the giant buddha with like all the and then the demon face and the escalator and like they all have like neon accents like going around the statues i thought that was pretty sweet uh it is like one of those movies though that watching it for the first time as a person in 2021 it's like how offensive is this is it offensive i don't know i feel like i need to like see a chinese person's view on it because i don't think it doesn't feel to me like any of their culture and like the mysticism and like the legends is played for laughs but like maybe it's 
a little too ridiculous. And there is like the kind of like unfortunate framing of like Jack Burton is our protagonist, our main guy, but he is playing like the bumbling sidekick to Wang Chi the whole time. Like Wang Chi is like driven. He like fights. He's always like, uh, like motivated and like never backs down. And he's like, <laughs> actual like skilled in his like fighting style and stuff and then jack burton is just kind of like full of hot air is like constantly very arrogant and then like getting put on his ass he even like knocks himself out which is direct they mentioned it so many times in the wikipedia and imdb that he knocks himself out at the beginning of one of the fights but like of course the way it's framed is like he's our protagonist and hero even though it's pretty easy to see that it's, that's not the actual case, like the framing, I guess, is still maybe a little problematic. I don't know. This is something that me and uh, Ellen were talking about when we were trying to watch it. It's like, when is it like the right time to like have on the critical lens? And when is it, when should you turn it off? And when is it appropriate? When are you trying too hard? You know, that kind of thing. Right now, I feel like I'm trying a little too hard, but I feel like it's a re- relevant stuff to bring up with this movie. I don't know. Like I said, I need to see... Uh, a Chinese perspective on this movie. But anyways, it's a fun movie. I get why people who are in uh, into action movies would hold this in like such high regard, uh, but it didn't quite click for me. It's good, but it like wasn't, I was never like drawn in and like felt like stoked watching it, but it's a fucking, it's, it's a good time the whole way through. Uh, so I'm just, I'm going to give it a 3.5 and yeah, that's it for today. I do feel bad that I didn't like, it feels wrong that I technically didn't watch a Christmas movie today, like, since I woke up, but, like, we did start the third Princess Switch after midnight, I'm pretty sure, so, like, technically that counts, but I still feel like I should have watched a Christmas movie today and not just an action movie. I don't know. It's midnight. I'm tired. I'm already watching more than 25 Christmas movies this year, I'm pretty sure, but who knows? Maybe I'll throw a short one on. I won't. Whatever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, hey, guys. Last day of our first week of the Christmas Chronicles, finally. Christmas Movie Chronicles. It's uh, It's been a long one. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, anyways, what I do today, it's Thursday. Didn't really do much. Tried to catch up on my comic books since they've been kind of taking a back burner to all of this, uh, the movie watching, and since I've actually been, like, spending time with friends. Can't read when there's people over. Uh, but, you know, I'm getting there. I finally finished. I reread Peter David's hawkeye or not hawkeye um fucking uh x-factor run from the mid 2000s like 2005 2013 because i love that series when it was going and i wanted to reread it and see how i felt about it now and it's about the same it's still a very good series the characters are really good it's like the reason why jamie madrix jamie madrox the uh multiple man is one of my favorite mutants is for how he is in that series as like a private eye i really wish they would go back to that the way they've been using multiple man the past few years just doesn't hit quite the same but the like x-factor series itself it's like pretty good characters the stories are pretty interesting but like it does like go pretty downhill and it ends uh it's not the most satisfying ending to a run but anyways movies uh today i did my action boys and christmas movie double feature uh for action boys i watched uh terminator 2 judgment day because i finally got to the first episode of like (laughs) so the action boys podcast three white guys talking about action movies that i like to listen to it first started out as just like a recurring episode on john gabris's high and mighty podcast so the first like 10 episodes aren't really action boys episodes they're high and mighty episodes about action movies very interesting i know and so i finally got to the first 
actual episode of like the Action Boys podcast on their Patreon, and it's a Terminator 2 uh, commentary. So I watched Terminator 2 with Action Boys commentary, and just like with uh, Die Hard, I did not read the Wikipedia, I did not read the IMDb for this, I feel like everybody knows this movie, and a bunch of like facts about it. The IMDb had 356 trivia entries. There's no fucking way <laughs> I was gonna sit through that, especially because during the uh, Action Boys commentary, one of them, uh, Ryan Stanger, he did a whole bit where he just read shitty IMDb facts about the movie out, which is like the same shit that I make. I complain about when he's saying IMDb. It's just like duplicate facts, things that aren't really facts. They're just more like comments on the tone or like quotes from the fucking press junket uh, about people's feelings about the movie. It's like nothing. I don't know. I'm sure there's some interesting stuff in there, uh, but whatever. Anyways, the movie itself, uh, it fucking rules. Everybody loves Terminator 2, right? But it is funny. My main thought coming out of it was like for a movie that's regularly hailed as like the best action movie of all time. I feel like I forget just how much great action is in it. Like, every action sequence just goes on, like, longer and longer than you think it will, and it all rules. Like, the whole, that whole chase sequence that starts out, like, in the mall with, like, the term, two Terminators finally meeting, and you learn that Robert Pat, uh, Robert Patrick, <laughs> Robert Pattinson, uh, that Robert Patrick is, like, made out of weird fucking liquid metal whenever he gets shot with a shotgun and, like, those, like, flowers like appear on them uh to like them getting out of the mall and then, like the dirt bike with robert patrick running and then get him getting in the semi and then the semi going to the la river and then the fucking arnold shows up on the harley and he's like precision shooting locks off of gates and cocking his shotgun one-handed it's just all fucking and then like the <laughs> the semi explodes uh it's just it's all so good and the effects like hold up pretty well the only time where the special effects look dated is whenever they have uh robert patrick is when they have like robert patrick like fully rendered as like a liquid metal guy and then it just kind of looks like uh something from alex mack you know but uh yeah i don't feel like i have too much else special to say so i'm gonna give terminator 2 i'm gonna give it 4.5 stars i feel like it should probably be a five star movie but i'm kind of judging it based off of my uh experience watching it this time and i wasn't like as emotionally invested as i like to be for whenever i give a five star rating which that also might just be because i'm so familiar with this movie so it's hard to be like totally wrapped up in it you know what i mean but yeah terminator 2 4.5 stars great movie um and then for my actual christmas movie uh i like couldn't decide what i wanted to watch and i wasn't sure what mood i was in so i was scrolling through uh peacock's uh christmas movie selection because that's like the one app one of the apps i haven't looked at yet and i came across this one the merry gentleman from 2008 uh and it just had a picture of michael keaton and uh kellen mcdonald on there and I was like oh that looks interesting I like Michael Keaton uh so I watched it and this is like a drama about a woman uh Kelly McDonald who I know from Boardwalk Empire I'm pretty sure she's great uh she is fleeing her abusive husband Bobby Cannavale uh who is a cop she moves to Chicago she gets a new job and one day as she's leaving the job uh it's starting to snow and so she looks up 
and she sees a man standing on the ledge and she screams and the man falls backwards instead of forwards. This man is Michael Keaton, who uh, is playing a suicidal hitman. We have seen before this, we had seen like a few vignettes of him like doing kills and then like putting his own gun to his own head after the the hit it also did the thing like after his first hit it's like you see him walk up to a car with his gun and then like the camera pans around and you see a blood splatter on the opposite window and then a christmas pop song starts playing uh which you know good uh serious dramatic christmas movie move i like that a lot so he is this hitman or whatever who is uh ends up being saved by Kelly McDonald and uh and we mostly follow her from this point like her reporting the the um the crime and or not the crime but the jumper to see if the cops will do anything and these two detectives show up and like this whole movie it kind of feels like I don't know how on the mark I am with this but it kind of feels like a good crash course for men for like what it's like to be uh, <laughs> a woman uh in our current society because Kelly McDonald she's running away from her abusive husband the detectives on the case one of the detectives uh decides to call her later for a date but he doesn't make it fully clear that he wants to meet her for a date she thinks she's meeting up for them to talk about the case over dinner and then michael keaton also like uh because she called him the thing like knows who she is and follows her home and ends up like helping her with her christmas tree that she bought because she wanted to bring some joy into her own life this was after a whole sequence where she goes off his christmas party and every dude there is just kind of gross and hitting on her and uh so michael keaton like shows up because she he knows who she is and like helps her the christmas tree and she thinks that's just some chance meeting with a random guy and uh and thinks he's just like a nice quiet man but then he like shows up the next day because he knows where she lives now and like tries to hang out with her but then he like collapses because he has, he's sick and has pneumonia and she brings him to the hospital and because she did a favor for him she now feels like their lives are entwined so they like become try to become friends and like have this weird quiet awkward friendship and then like her husband finds her the movie at this point like they met on or Kelly McDonald and Michael Keaton, they, like, met on Christmas Eve and Christmas. So they, like, spend Christmas together. And then the movie jumps to, like, Valentine's Day, which, for a Christmas movie, for me to, like, actually count some of the Christmas movie, a little disappointing that it stops being Christmas an hour in. But whatever, it's fine. Uh, and her, like, husband shows up, and he tries to get her to forgive him by, like, going on this rant about how he found God. After she left, he, like, tried to kill himself, and then he found God. And, like, a truly unsettling, like rant that he goes on that ends with him like trying to force her to say that she forgives him and acknowledge that he's a changed man but all he did was like invade her space and like not leave even once she like has it she has a knife protecting her and she just looks very scared uh very unsettling and then she reports this to the cops and michael keaton overhears this uh and so he decides to go and uh kill the boyfriend or the husband and make it look like a suicide which then the cops like had went to go check on the guy because to see what he was doing because she reported him they found the body and that leads to like dominoes falling of them like figure out who he is and connecting the dots between her seeing the jumper and then the Oh, because she he was up on the roof because he had killed a guy and they were like investigating that murder. And so they realized that the assassin who killed that guy was the jumper. And then the jumper also are they that assassin also does suicides that look like are assassinations that look like suicides. And then they become friends. So they like put these dots together, which leads to like Kelly McDonald learning who Michael Keaton is. And then realizing that even this nice man that she thought she could have a quiet friendship with uh, is a killer and she feels guilty for this and it's just brutal (laughs) 
for her. Like, nothing. She just tries to be a good person and all of this, but she's just surrounded by horrible men. And then the movie just kind of ends with, like, Michael Keaton leaving and walking off and... I can't even remember the last shot of Kelly McDonald. They had, like, a confrontation in a church, and then he just walked away. But, yeah, like, as fucked up as, like, I think everything that happens to her is from, like, what I've heard from, uh, like, when girls tell me about how, like, guys will act with them. It feels like this is pretty... I don't think every girl is getting pulled into a situation where they're associating with hitmen and detectives, but you know, uh, very intense guys and all that shit. And guys who are just around because all they want is, uh, something more than friendship. Anyways, it's, it's a good movie. It's, the story left me feeling kind of wanting at some points. Like, I wanted just maybe a little more resolution or, like, development and, like, like, the vibe was an impeccable. Like, it's a great vibe, the whole movie. It, like, feels very watchable. All the performances are great. But I feel like in trying to have this subdued vibe, it kind of, like, loses a little bit from, like, the story department. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's it for, uh, <laughs> or, I mean, The Merry Gentleman, uh, four stars for that. It's a, it's a, it's a fine movie. I'm glad I found it. And now that's it for this week for this uh giant-sized first edition of the christmas movie chronicles uh you know thank you for listening to consume i've been bert and olivier at Birdzor on everything if you have any questions comments or recommendations which please give me any like christmas movie recommendations especially if you feel like they're not like classics that people have seen because it's hard to choose with like all the rom-com ones and stuff like they all look the same on a thumbnail, so it's hard to pick. So if you have any any ones that you like, please let me know. Uh, yeah, and with that, it's time I disappear.